Hi, I'm Hadassah, and this is the VA Pod. Today, I interview Princess Adeyinka Tekena, founder of Happy Coffee, a Nigerian coffee brand promoting local production and consumption of Nigerian coffee. In this virtual interview, we discuss the largely untapped economy of locally produced coffee, policies to advance that economy, and what it means to be an indigenous coffee producer in Nigeria. Please give me a brief introduction of yourself. My name is Princess Adein Katekena. I am the founder of Happy Coffee. I'm also a mom and obviously a Nigerian entrepreneur. But most importantly, for five years, I have been growing a coffee brand in Nigeria. Okay. okay. So tell me about your business. Okay. So the business, um, I usually like to start from... A book I read in 2003, I went to school in America and there was a book I read, a friend gave it to me, it was about Starbucks and how the founder, you know, created this idea that became business and a company that changed the coffee culture of America. You know, those kind of things you just read and say, you know what, obviously I was a coffee lover, I drank Starbucks, but, you know, reading the book kind of brought it to home why the brand was so solid at the point. So I just kind of told myself that, you know, if I had an opportunity in the future to start a business, it would be around coffee. So fast forward 2015, I just, you know, stopped my paid employment and I was trying to decide whether or not to go back to paid employment or start my business. And there was a call for African entrepreneurs to bring forward ideas that could transform the continent from the Tunelumelu Foundation. So I put in my okay. idea of coffee and I applied. I got selected as the first 1,000 recipient of the foundation. And that was literally how I started the business. So, and obviously there were other things that, you know, prompted the idea because I'd found out that Nigeria had been growing coffee at a point. Um, I knew Nigerians didn't have access to locally grown coffee because studies showed that we were drinking mostly imported coffee. So there were so yeah. many questions I thought to answer. And literally that was how the brand started. Obviously it has evolved, but literally that was how it started. Okay. So can you take me through the process of the production of Happy Coffee? How does it happen? So if you look at our brand, at the beginning, it looked like we were going to focus on, you know, usually in Nigeria, when people start in going to the coffee business, a lot of people going through the cafe system. So most times you will yeah. see people in the coffee industry either just start a cafe. But that was not what I wanted to do when I started. And I'll say I because there are no more I. When I started the business, I thought something had to be done about the value chain in terms of how to bring coffee to the tables and cups of Nigerians using locally sourced coffee because I knew that we were growing coffee. Nigerians didn't have access to locally grown coffee. So there was obviously a huge gap. However, yeah. um, when the business started, obviously I didn't have all the funds in the world. Sometimes it's a blessing in disguise because what it allows you to do is sit back and look at what are the challenges within that value chain and what solutions we can create. So when I started to do that, we started with our mobile cafes because I believed that the first thing was first to re-educate Nigerians about coffee because that was yeah. one of the issues that I faced. You know, how do Nigerians understand coffee? You know, people were telling me, are you sure Nigerians drink coffee? I, I knew Nigerians. <laughs> but later I found out that, you know, from, you know, and one of the things as a business owner, you must do a lot of reading and research. I yeah. found out that there is a separation between cafe culture and coffee culture. Sometimes people put it in the same box. So for me, I needed to let Nigerians understand that the cafe culture is very predominantly feasible in the West. But in, in Africa and Nigeria, what you see is coffee culture that lives in your homes or at work. Yeah, so people coffee at home or at work, but there isn't a lot of work in terms of cafe culture where people
people will get up and go to a coffee shop and you know that wasn't popular so one thing i thought for a brand one of our mission was first to begin to bridge the gap between locally sourced coffee and what nigerians would drink in their cups and that's how we started the business and then we've evolved from that into you know we've evolved from having our own mobile shop on then eventually now we retail our own coffee beans like a house blend and then we now have pop-up cafes and different events and services that we you know that we prefer to customers but we look at it through the eyes of creating coffee-centered solutions around the nigerian coffee value chain coffee-centered solutions i love how that sounds so what is the coffee industry like in nigeria and how can it be better because i had an interview with another coffee producer yesterday and he was complaining about a lot of things that i'm sure you face some of those challenges as well. I used to say we don't have coffee culture too, but I wasn't saying that right because now that you've explained the cafe culture and the coffee culture, I completely understand that I was getting it wrong. So yes, we don't have cafe culture, but we do have coffee culture. I think another issue is the fact that farmers don't get a lot of support. So not a lot of people are growing coffee. Yeah, I'm going to clear some of those thoughts and and I can understand why. Because first, coffee is not popular in Nigeria in terms of um, one as a commodity, even on the national level. Um, first, I'm part of the Association of Coffee Farmers and Tea Farmers in Nigeria. So you're looking at an eventual coffee farmer myself because we're doing some projects on starting our own coffee farm. However, there are 15 states in Nigeria that grow coffee. We have over 10,000 coffee farmers, at least that I know of. Um, I'm also part of the state officers for coffee farmers in Nigeria. So I know that there are farmers. However, there are other issues that we face because coffee, and it's not just coffee, what has happened over the decade is once oil became the center of um, Nigerian export and um, growth, we abandoned a lot of the agricultural sector. That's what has happened. However, you know, there's been a lot of work around some commodities like cassava, maize. Maize is even still having issues. But, you know, there's been some level of production in some areas. But coffee hasn't made it to the national level in terms of the government trying to throw their weight behind coffee. So what do you see yeah. over the years between the Nigerian coffee value chain is there's a wide gap between farmers and consumer because there are no active off-takers within that value chain that's number one secondly there's no major support from the government in supporting local production of coffee because if you look at countries that are doing great with coffee like brazil and the rest of them they were not always on the top of the chart what happened was the governments of those countries through companies like starbucks who began to demand high levels of supply they began to put policies in place that protect the interests of coffee and and for me i like to say i'm an advocate of nigerian coffee value value chain and the reason is because unless there are advocates around that value chain the government might not deem it fit to put which shouldn't be because the government should protect the interests of every commodity that its country is able to produce because if you look at countries like brazil brazil's number one export is coffee so that means that coffee can actually sustain an economy That is what I was going to say, because whether or not we have a coffee culture, which we do, even if we're not growing it for ourselves, we should for exportation. So for me, I never complain about the value chain. It's because I believe that if a young business like mine can thrive for five years with no support, limited resources, we've created a brand that people can feel and touch with no data, nothing. We literally had nothing to start this business other than the $5,000 we received from the Dinelumilu Foundation. And 
five years later, we're getting investment ready. And if you also look at that, so if you look at coffee cultures around the world, even if you look at coffee startups and coffee businesses, coffee businesses are one of the companies in the world that raise the highest form of investment because coffee thrives in many areas. It thrives as a drink, it thrives as a product, it thrives as a commodity for export. It's the second most traded commodity in the world after oil. So I make it really? an... Wow. Yes, second most traded commodity, and it's second most drank drink after water. Three years ago, Coca Cola so bought, much potential. As we're talking, I'm getting goosebumps because I have seen it. <laughs> I've heard it. I internalize it. You will never hear me complain about anything because for us as a business, we're always looking for solutions. Like I said, coffee-centered solutions around businesses, either through employment, because coffee can create employment all the way from the farm to the table. So those are the things that we must look at actively. And that's why I get myself involved in whatever decision-making process we make as a country, even on the national level. I try to get, you know, get understanding of what's going on. And that's why last year we started the first ever Lagos Coffee Festival to let people know that there is value in this value chain one they are stakeholders but we need to sit down and begin to make deliberate decisions yeah, on how to, you have to be intentional about everything you have to be intentional and that's why we had that festival last year we had the festival last year we had good turnout we had the government sit on our table we had customers we had people who were in the coffee value chain either as um, owners of cafes people who own beauty products from um, locally sourced coffee just begin to have those direct conversations until we get to the right person so that's my own view of the value chain and the potentials around it Okay. So, for your business, specifically for Happy Coffee, how have things improved over time from when you started up until now? To be honest, if we look at it in terms of the economy for coffee, it hasn't really improved. As a matter of fact, on Friday, we're having a meeting with coffee farmers because I'm the one in charge of creating um, some level of awareness around coffee farmers within the organization. That's the Coffee Organization of Nigeria. And we're having our first meeting with the FXMD on how they can support local farmers. But for us as a brand, what we have done is, you know, we stayed our 10 toes down. One of the things that we have enjoyed is the acceptance of our brand story around the Nigerian coffee. Um, for five years, we've been sourcing our coffee locally. We have great reception around the fact that we are building our brand around Nigerian coffee. We have witnessed a lot of support in that area and we've grown our brand literally from zero and we're building slowly. However, there hasn't been a lot of work within that value chain, even up until now, but I'm very hopeful because I talk about it and we're literally very hopeful. We've had investors who are interested in, you know, investing in the brand. So that also gives us a signal that we're doing something right. We pitch a lot of times, you know, I go for a lot of pitches in business sectors. However, coffee is not popular. So a lot of investors also don't understand how that would thrive in Nigeria. Both, both yeah, for most of them are interested in tech. Tech, even like other agricultural areas, fashion, uh-huh rest of that so it, sometimes it's discouraging not to stop the business but you know as a, as a young business person it's discouraging but for me we keep going because we've yeah. also seen people who are interested in supporting us you know so but we just have to keep going and then one of the things that we have realized that we might need to add to our business model is technology and i think that would also help us reposition how our outlook is to investors i like the fact that you mentioned this in what sense are you going to include or use tech Okay, so two things. Um, you know, pre-COVID, we had done a lot of our businesses online. Sorry, offline. So we had our coffee shop. We have a four-quadrant business model that we run that allows us to see what areas we want to play in the value chain. 
in that value chain right now we are in the retail arm of that value chain so when the city was locked down in lagos one of the things that we were able to do was we were able to add e-commerce to our business model and because we're technically not just a cafe where i like to say we're coffee vision and in that vision we have cafes we have our own retail products so what happened was once the cafes were shut we're able to move 25 percent of our strategy online so people had access to our products on existing online stores and then we also included third-party delivery companies like gokada so we're able to create a model where customers can order online then we can ship directly to you but however we've seen some models around the world like blue bottle who actively use technology to revamp their strategy and then got the 700 million dollar buyout from nestle so those are the areas we're looking at how do we get our products and our services to our customers you know from a touch of the button maybe it's a ussd code and the rest of that so those are the areas we're thinking in technology um how to improve on our subscription-based programs where customers once they need coffee they don't need to pick up their phone to call us they can either go on their app or you know get yeah. their coffee delivered to them so those are the areas we're looking at and then we also look at how we can support more people to either start up their own coffee shop or take a happy coffee franchise so those are kind of things that we're looking at for the future so with the current knowledge you have of the coffee industry would you have done anything differently when you started out um to be honest no and the reason why is because i truly believe that depending on what you want to build i believe we're on a journey and every journey has its own peculiarities so i'll be honest with you i kind of like where we started from and where we are and where we're going and it's because in africa we don't have a lot of um so bigger businesses don't have a lot of framework and track record on how they grew yeah that's true we can't really follow through on it and say okay i'm going to take company a and so this is how they built you know like it's done in the west a lot of times in africa we don't have those landmarks. We don't have things people can look forward to. We don't have data. We don't have frameworks. So for me, I like where we are. I won't change anything because when I'm talking to other entrepreneurs who are starting off, it's easy for them to, to reason with me and say it's true. You see a lot of people agreeing with me because I mentor a lot of people and they say, oh yeah, I get it. I can say this is how I got there. There's no magic to it. It's a lot of hard work. If you put in the hard work, you get the results. So I won't change anything so what is your vision for happy coffee i know you've mentioned getting people to get uh, open franchises is that one of the ways you plan to scale up yes it's one of the ways i mean the future is for us to become a household name when you think coffee we want you to think happy coffee i see that already happening so for example i get people sending me articles all the time send my team members when you see anything around coffee and that's the beginning when people you know feel like my name is synonymous with coffee which is great yeah. and that want in the future where our name is synonymous with coffee so when you're talking about coffee development in africa nigeria when you're talking of innovation center solutions we want happy Happy Coffee to be foremost in that industry where they know that when you think of Happy Coffee, these guys know what to do in terms of creating solutions, whether it's in Nigeria, in Ghana, where. So that's what I envision for this brand to be. And eventually, I want us to be able to go to New York and you walk on an avenue and you see Happy Coffee Nigeria sitting down yeah, there. That'd because, be great. <laughs> yeah, in Paris, in Zurich. And the reason is because I also believe in the integrity of our country, regardless of how people see the country. I'm very nationalistic. I'm very 
patriotic and i also understand that there is splendor around our country happy coffee can be a bearer of that news such that when you enter a happy coffee shop if you've never been to nigeria you should feel like you're in nigeria like oh wow is this nigeria i'm like yeah, yeah. This is nigeria. <laughs> so that's what i envision that she becomes one of nigeria's emblems around the world of how splendid our country is regardless of all the issues that we face we're still a great nation and we have a lot of beauty around our culture and it's going to be through coffee i think that's beautiful so what government policies would create a better environment for your business yeah and first there has to be a policy around coffee that's coffee production and consumption in nigeria last year the head of the ico was in nigeria which is the governing body for coffee and the first thing he advocated for was for nigeria to ratify her position with the ico which is the governing body because in the early 60s we signed the treaty but we didn't ratify our position and what that means is we are only an observing nation um, we can be part of the policy making for the global standards therefore our farmers can get the help that they need or the resources mm-hmm. that they do you understand to be part of that process yeah. it's very important for us they're still on it we haven't ratified our position that means we can't vote um it's just like the african development bank nigeria yeah. is involved if we're not ratified in the ico we can be heavily involved in decision making processes voting and um, funding resources and all of that so we hope that they can get that sorted out secondly on the national level as a country there has to be a policy as a matter of fact there was a national policy that a senator from taraba had sponsored it's in its second reading that we have a copy of that i've looked at it we've made some corrections we're hoping that once they get that through it will protect the interest of coffee and what i mean is so for example every coffee a nigerian drinks 95 percent of it is imported into the country now you have farmers on the other side that are growing coffee so what that does is if there are no tariffs around coffee that means there'll be no incentive to backward integrate so companies who do coffee on the large scale like instant coffee producers so for example a major brand in nigeria doesn't take her coffee from nigeria all of the coffee she uses and she sells to nigeria is imported from another country okay. and it's because okay. of tariff so if bringing coffee into nigeria will cost you a little bit more what would happen is you begin to see major companies begin to backward integrate and that will support local local growth of coffee it's just the same thing that happened to cassava once the tariffs on cassava went up big companies like Olam began to produce their own cassava within the country and that improved the quality of our cassava today nigeria is number one producer of cassava in the world so those are the kind of things that needs to be done and then coffee has to be taken seriously on both national and state level and then there has to be private sector involvement in the growth of that sector so those are the kind of things that i see that can assist businesses like ours to thrive pending the time we improve the quality of our coffee that we're able to export it to the rest of the world how do you market your business I stumbled on a tweet that I found happy coffee. But apart from social media, how else do you put your business out there? To be honest, at the business of our level, that's all we can do. And the reason, like I said initially, that we haven't gotten any major investments, we're still pre-seed. So a lot of things that we do, it's more of a DIY kind of um, approach. We use social media actively. We use friends and family. We're also part of many business ecosystems in Nigeria, like Tenilimili Foundation, I'm a part of Faith Foundation, I'm a part of the Access Bank Foundation. And so those are the networks that we use. And I believe many businesses use that method. Yeah. But 
but that's true. That's what we can afford, and that's the truth. So until we raise enough investment to have like a proper marketing budget, we're gonna have to use what we have at the moment to be able to push our businesses forward. Well, that's fair. And me, social media works, so yeah, it's fine. Even as easy as WhatsApp looks, it's done a lot in terms yeah, of it works. It works for us. Just putting our products on WhatsApp, we get sales from that. I remember coming out of COVID, WhatsApp gave us almost 60% of our sales. Wow. And our sales doubled. We put our products online. We put it on our WhatsApp side. Of, my WhatsApp started. I'm telling you that our sales went up almost 200%. And most of those sales came from WhatsApp status. Okay. Yeah. That's so, good to do. I'm telling you, just putting it on your status and walking away, someone's like, yeah, can I get it? <laughs> And then what we did is some of the groups that we were in, people exchanged. Um, so what I would do is I would put on products from my friends and they would put up my own products on their status and we're getting orders from that too. Makes a lot so of sense. We use what we have at this point. So what gives you the most satisfaction as a business owner? I think one of the things that give me the biggest satisfaction as a business owner is the fact that who would ever have thought that a young person in Nigeria would have a coffee brand and that people accept? Because the level of acceptance that we have and even the growing tribe we have around that business has been outstanding. I think that's the biggest satisfaction that, you know, with limited resources that we have, literally no support, we've created something that people have embraced and it's going to be big. So I think that's the biggest satisfaction. When somebody drinks our coffee and gives us a thumbs up, like, the coffee is actually great. You know, because yeah. I mean, that's what we get because people say, "Oh, Nigerian coffee." Yeah, I see your reviews. Your reviews are really good. You know, people say, "Oh, people can no." I don't even have the strength to tell you to please. Can you give me a, a good review? We literally don't. So every review we get is always <laughs> no, good. You can tell from the reviews. I saw one that said, um, "If you love coffee, then you should try happy coffee. If you don't like it, that will refund your money." I was like, "Okay." <laughs> so, yeah. All our reviews are from people from all over. It's not just here. So for us, those are the kind of things that I look back at, and I'm just like, you know what? We're probably doing something right. I don't know what it is, but sometimes you tell yourself you've done the best you can but we get great reviews and i'm not kidding you even from people that are great coffee drinkers and you know nigerians who drink coffee also a lot of them import whatever oh i drink it from starbucks or i bring it from kenya you know well like shah trawa won't shah you will say what so far behind kind of but in a indigenous support people who we buy our products and give it to somebody that will give it to someone that say just support this business so for us it's been good so far what advice do you have for people looking to start businesses? May not necessarily be in the coffee industry. Yeah. What advice would you give them? Um, I think I always say this in every interview I do is take the internet seriously. I always tell people after God and my family is the internet, I am big on the internet because everything that I've learned in this business, I learned it on the internet. I'm self-trained. Even as a coffee maker, I'm self-trained. I didn't go to any school. I didn't go to college to study anything on coffee. Um, I've literally taken the internet as my after the bible like it's my bible all of the opportunities that we have gotten we've gotten it just by sitting on the internet looking for opportunities available to businesses around us and you know even interviews that we get we've gotten a lot of media interviews you know in the past years and it's because as the head of the company i'm actively on the internet looking for opportunities so people need to take the internet beyond is just instagram is twitter you know it's yeah. actually very resourceful so i tell people it's probably the most powerful tool you ever have 
has as a business owner. Anything you need to learn, you can learn it there. Even funding, pitches, always there. So for me, that's the idea. Opportunities, um, yeah. Yeah, so that's the advice I first give to any um, entrepreneur. Take the internet seriously. In summary, what does it mean to be an indigenous coffee maker in Nigeria? I see it as part of the nation building process for Nigeria. I'm very pro-Nigeria. So for me, this is our contribution to building this country and building Africa. And I believe, truly believe young businesses will be the defining moment for our country if we're taken seriously. So for me, to be an indigenous country, this is our own contribution to nation building. Because a couple of years, my personal vision is to run for the highest office of the country, which is the office of the president. And, and oh, it, uh, because I, <laughs> yes. And it's because I believe that great leadership will come from within us and that leader has to understand what it means to build and grow business empires uh, that people can absolutely, absolutely i agree <laughs> so i believe i'm on that political journey it doesn't look like it's a political journey but it is a political journey and i let my team know that we are part of this process in building nations we're building people so for me that's where it hinges on because i truly believe that this continent will only be built by africans and it's us going back to our roots and building from ground yeah. up so i'm being deliberate and being intentional about what we do all right thank you so much okay. this has been an enlightening interview um if there's any other thing you want to say or add, probably a question i did not ask and something you'd just like to address you have the floor to do so I think you've asked me, you know, those are questions that I like to answer. You've asked me about policy, which is very critical to growing businesses. Okay, yeah, there's one thing that I like to say. I believe that SMEs in Nigeria should have a ministry. And the reason for the ministry is because we would have a seat at the table at the president's table because if SMEs are the ones producing 84% of the jobs in Nigeria, that deserves a seat at the president's table, at the executive level. It shouldn't be under another ministry. It should be treated as what it is because that means that- priority because that is what it is. We drive the economy and that ministry should be headed by an entrepreneur that has track record. Somebody who understands, who's grown from ground up. Somebody who understands it, who has been in the shoes of an entrepreneur. Because what happens is if there's a ministry, that there'll be a minister and the minister gets to be on the federal executive level so that the level of advocacy around it, so that that's why there are no policies for SMEs to thrive. Because if there was a ministry that dealt with SME affairs, the government will be giving us a loan in time of COVID. I They'll am be telling you. <laughs> Those are kind of things that worry me. And it's then they, so you know, they ridiculous. Of, it's ridiculous. They put it under the office of the vice president. They treat it as though it this produces 84% of the jobs in Nigeria. And then COVID comes, you are giving us loans to repay back. It's off. Very and, off. Because there is no proper representation. The representation can only come. And like Professor Deshino said, young businesses used in Africa generally need a bank also that is used focus and development focus for young people because traditional banks will not support that. So there has to be a bank for youth development and investment. So those are the areas that I feel like we need to get serious about in Nigeria. Those are the kind of solutions that I prefer if I had the opportunity to. Well, you have created the vision, so you are well on the path to doing that as well. Hopefully, that opportunity comes. Thank you. It will come. And that's it for this episode of the VA Pod. You'd agree that was an insightful interview. It'd be wise for the government to pay attention to Nigeria's emerging coffee industry and support brilliant entrepreneurs like Princess Adeyinka Tekena. 
Thank you for listening. Kindly share this podcast and subscribe to the VA Pod on Anchor. Also, follow us on all our social media platforms. It's Adventures Africa on Twitter and Instagram and Simply Ventures Africa on Facebook and LinkedIn.